Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast, only on Radio Zeitgeist. Mr. Concert Genius today, how's the war on truth going? He begins with a quote from one Ed Dowd. Quote, I have had enough of this insanity and lack of national media attention or regulatory attention to this clear and present danger and tragedy. My New York partner begins barreling down to Christmas in the bitter butt end of a bad year. A primal fear of the deepening darkness makes people desperate. Another reminder that human nature has not changed so much in 10,000 years, despite the discoveries of Prozac in plant-based meat. Yet Sigmund Freud was right. Death has its attractions for tormented minds. Thus, our nation appears to hasten to its own funeral. Can anyone actually grok how progressive thinking works these days? This faction now in charge of so many things has decided in the starkest terms that freedom of speech has got to go. For some years, the party of chaos had achieved such exquisite control of all national debate by seizing the dials and toggles of social media that they made reality itself their hostage. The truth was only what they said it was and anyone who said otherwise got banished, canceled, and even destroyed, Jim writes. There seemed to be no way to overcome this death grip on the process of consensus, the formation of a coherent collective idea about what is going on in the world. And so, any number of scams could be run on the people of this land. They could rig elections in plain sight. They could surreptitiously suspend due process of law when it suited them. They could send national police thugs to your door at 5 o'clock in the morning with riot guns, body armor, flashbangs, and bogus warrants. They could take your livelihoods, your freedom to move about, your children's minds and bodies, and your dignity. Finally, they could take your life with false vaccines. And unlike the Nazis in 1944, get the private sector to dispose of the corpses. And now, a struggle ensues over the relationship between the truth and the making of a consensus. Elon Musk bought Twitter, the horror, and methodically set about to liberate this new digital public square from insidious and nefarious manipulation. It's not a trifling matter, Jim writes, of course, but it's amusing to watch Elon play with our nation's overlords, and even more entertaining to see these tyrants strain and bluster to justify their war against free speech. How did the cognitive elite, America's thinking class, the law professors, the editors and pundits, the public intellectuals, the managers of most everything, ever find themselves so self-owned in idiocy? I wished I'd been a fly on the wall in that meeting midweek between Elon Musk and Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, the very same week that Apple disabled the airdrop function on iPhones in China, slightly by means of a new uh, OS update, making it more difficult for street protesters to coordinate their movements against CCP lockdowns. Rumors were flying before that the lords of tech would pull on Twitter the same kind of treatment they dealt to Parler two years ago, a then-rising rival app for internet chatter that threatened to open up free debate. Apple and Google took Parler out behind the woodshed and shot it in the head, and nobody could do a damn thing about it. I have a hunch, Jim writes, that Elon explained a few things to Tim Cook that made him think twice about another move like that. 
There's an Elon Musk uh, tweet here in Jim's blog. Good conversation. Among other things, we resolved the misunderstanding about Twitter potentially being removed from the App Store. Tim was clear that Apple never considered doing so. Jim continues, Twitter is different than the upstart parlor was. Twitter was already established as the authority's official arbiter of approved thought in America. Under the old boss, Jack Dorsey, Twitter accomplished its thought management ends with a staff of thousands of mini-Stalins rooting out anything that smelled like opposition to the official narrative. Elon fired the whole lot of them in short order. It has been revealed since then that Twitter carried out censorship at the aggressive prompting of the U.S. National Security Administrative State, the nagging, twanging, and strong-arming by bureaucrats from many federal agencies. Who knows, not yet anyway, how many Twitter censors were actually put in place by the government? So now, one big truth has come nakedly out in the open. The left is against the First Amendment to the Constitution. Free speech, they say repeatedly now, makes our democracy unsafe. It can't be allowed. They say that because they don't have a better argument. The safety talking point is a shopworn cliche from their grab bag of woke shibboleths that the public is sick of hearing. Anyone with half a brain can see how transparently dishonest and stupid it is. It's not going over well, even among a people so sorely gaslighted as the USA in late 2022. Jim sums up today, speaking of what is safe and what is not safe, one of the main deceptions the past three years has been the suppression of information about the COVID-19 vaccines that were foisted on the population, for many, made a requirement to earn a living. The old Twitter worked strenuously to bury any data in all news that suggested the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines were disabling and killing people. It has now reached a critical point, with so many suspicious all-causes deaths coming to the public's attention. This is what the authorities are really afraid of, that the people will learn their government has carried out, by epic incompetence or true malice, something that looks like an attempted genocide. Tom Friedley for Radio Zeitgeist.